day, it's Thursday, it's sportstars.ie and it's time for a new show here on Sportstars, The Big Match, where every week we get local knowledge from experts from competing counties in the game we consider to be the match of the week. Starting off the show is the Littlewoods Ireland National Camogie League and where else are we going to go? Cork against Tipperary, two counties that feel they missed out in a Crow Park outing in 2020 but also could have met in a league final had COVID-19 not spoiled it. I am joined by Glen Rover Secretary of Camogie, Piero Hurling, Cork Administrator, Echo Reporter, and pretty much a person that knows everything about Cork Camogie, and always my go-to person, Mary Newman. Uh, good day, Mary. Good day. How are you, Darren? I'm good now. And we're also joined by former Tipperary player, a reporter as well, Tip FM Camogie correspondent and the presenter of the Camogie Report podcast on the Tipperary Camogie YouTube channel. Again, my go-to person and anything with Tipperary Camogie, of course, I'm talking with Jarlene Canan. How are you, Darren? How are you? I'm good now and yourself? Great. Thanks for having me. In a bit, we're going to be talking about Cork and Tipperary. We're going to be looking what we can expect. It's the first day after a five-month layoff, so very, very hard to analyse. But we'll get a feel what to, we're looking forward to in Porky Creeve on Saturday. Beforehand, let's talk about the talking points. And Mary, I suppose let's talk about the talking point. We're not going to have a boycott. The split season is in, and especially inter-county camogie players are very, very happy. Yes, Darren, and I suppose, you know, I suppose sometimes they say no publicity or bad publicity is even good publicity, but I suppose certainly the game could have done without what went on for the last maybe two weeks or three weeks. But I, I think at the end of the day, when everybody will sit back and reflect, from my personal point of view, I think there was only one decision, and that was to go with the option two, because I felt like we're always looking to be part of the GAA. We always want to be under the one umbrella. And then we get a big chance to be the same. So we decide to go different. And I couldn't kind of get my head around the fact that they wanted, right, we'd start the league, then hippie high-ho, they'd all go back to their clubs and let every county rush through their championship and we'd have it finished maybe for the end of July and the inter-county season would start. But where was the ordinary club player to go? What was she to do? Were they supposed to tell a girl in my club, yeah, you paid your registration and your insurance for the year and you'll have six weeks camogie? Because listen, once you're out of the championship, who wants to play in the league? Whereas if you had the league first for the clubs, we're all happy till August, September, let's start the championship then. We're all fit and we're all flying. To me, option two was the only way to go. And I'm glad it was it went that way. Geraldine, just before I talk about the club side of things, of course, Tipperary is a county growing with dual players as well. And for them, um, it takes away a big decision about playing club one code into county the other. And it, it helps if maybe avoid situations like that, especially if county finals were clashing with all Ireland finals. Yeah, definitely, I suppose. Um, you know, you wouldn't want people having to choose between playing county at one code, a club at another code. But um, I suppose from I, I'm a chairperson of Drummond Camogie Club, at the same time, we're very disappointed too because it was option one time our dates were given for to finish out to 2020. The, you know, we were through to a monster final and if we were lucky enough to win that, there was dates there for uh, an All-Ireland semi-final final and, you know, um, the other option didn't allow for that. So, Part of me, I didn't agree. Um, like Mary, I'd love the ultimate would be that Camogie and Lays football come under the GA, and you know that's not something that's going to happen overnight. But it is a it is a goal or an aim I think we should be aiming for, and the process should start. But like that, you know, to go separate and bring out fixtures that are separate to the Lays football and GA, to me, it didn't really make sense. Um, while there were some rationale and some good points, it didn't make sense for me to 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 you know to go away from it. But I think also you have to look at the, the results of the poll. I mean, 53 to 47 was very close. Only 62% of clubs responded. I think that all says something too. Um, personally, I think there needs a, there does need to be change with the fixtures. But, you know, I don't think this was the year to do it. But going forward, I do think more time should be given to club players in the summer to play, condensing the inter-county season, you know, starting it earlier and shorten it, have it finished up even by July, you know, at the latest and get let the clubs play in the better in 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 better conditions in the in the in the summer, you know, because I think that's what club players want too. But look, I don't think it made sense league starting and then a big gap to championship. That doesn't make sense for county players, doesn't make sense for county managers. It doesn't make sense for county boards funding a county team all that time. 
But at the other side, we're disappointed and a lot of clubs are very disappointed that the 2020 championship seems to be gone off the table altogether and we can't really understand it. And we'd be, we'd be looking to still try and get it played if there was dates in one option. We think there should have been dates in the other option too. Yeah, I would agree with that, as what Geraldine says. And I know here in Cork, we have a lot of, um, I think there's four under 16 championships and three minor championships to be finished. And we're guaranteed they are going to be finished. My own club is actually in the under 16 final first time in years. And we've got the guarantee that they will finish them. And I'm sure that if we, if a county board can fit these in, I can't see how those couple of matches can't be finished. I, I felt it was like, this is going to be your punishment if you vote for option two, you're not going to get your finals. And I, I, I just... I felt the whole thing was kind of crazy off the wall. I suppose really that, um, like, I, 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 I don't know what thought went into it. As Geraldine said, like, when we all saw them, we were all going like, and why aren't we, why aren't we going the same as the GA? We followed them in every step of COVID, fixture-wise last year, everything. And all of a sudden then we wanted to be different. But like, I just can't see why those finals can't be played still. And I agree with Geraldine. I think they could find them a place for them, you know? I felt myself that the thing is, I can understand where Hilda Breslin is coming out talking about strengthening the position of the club player and all that, but I think everybody here will agree that it's the timing is the key thing. Mm-hmm. January, February, March, these were the times for these decisions to be made. And as Geraldine just mentioned too, 47% did vote for option 153. So it was a very, very divisive issue overall. And Geraldine, we fair to say, and especially in your position with Drum and Inch, if you'd known back then there was going to be no 2020 competition, at least it's it's co- co- softens the blow a little bit. Yeah, look, I mean, I suppose, like, I know that our club, the girls have stayed training away the whole time. You know, we got to play the Munster semi-final and unfortunately the Munster final was pulled just days beforehand. And But look, there was never any communication that it was going to be cancelled. That We were always told, you know, once the opportunity came, once the time was allowed, that it would be played. And, you know, I suppose that's what the girls live, uh, hoped for and trained away for. And when they were no longer allowed to train, they stayed doing. I'm on the, you know, the I see the messages. They stayed doing their programs. They put in serious work. They had Zoom classes, uh, went on and on. And, you know, they never once stopped, you know, focusing and concentrating on, on, on a Munster final because they were never told it was cancelled. So, yeah, like sometimes, as I'm saying, sometimes not making a decision is nearly worse than making the wrong decision. And look, I don't, I wouldn't like to be anyone's position trying to start fixtures um, in a normal year, never mind a COVID year. And I have sympathy for anyone in that role. But yeah, it was just, I suppose it was, it was a bit of a mess now that we could have done without in the Kogi. And, but, you know, when they came out with the decision and then they, took time to reflect. I do think, I do admire him for bringing out the vote, uh, for polling everyone and doing the vote because it probably seemed like the fairest thing that, because you can't just turn around and say, oh, actually we changed our mind because some people are, aren't happy, you know? So I do ta- I do think it was maybe a brave enough decision to take on the vote, but I think, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think it was just, it's, it's gone messy now at this stage. Yeah, and Mary, I think it's it's safe to say that all best intentions from the Camogie Association have backfired because there's unhappy people on both sides now. Like the 2020 All-Ireland Championships is a standout thing in the club players, but also because we had this vote, we had club people rallying to maintain the status quo that was announced the previous weekend, they're going to be unhappy now um, with the change, decision to turn it to a split season. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I spoke to a lot of club players who wouldn't be into county players and they were absolutely like, couldn't understand option one, that their season was going to be probably six weeks. And they kind of said like, what's wrong with playing championship in the end of August and through September and October with clubs? Because that's the way we do it every year of Cochrane and All-Ireland here in Cork. We have one round in July and we don't play again maybe till August or September. So they couldn't understand the rationale behind not kind of going for option two. But I suppose, you know, the Camogie Association maybe with the best intentions brought this out. But I just wonder if they had come out with going the same way as the ladies football and the, the GA. I don't think they'd have been an iota of, they wouldn't have been an eyelash blinked. We'd have been going the same way. Happy days, season, start with your inter-county, head into clubs. And I think everybody would have been happy. But the fact that it became dis- decis- de- divisive caused the problem. 
because I don't think we'd have had the unhappiness coming the other way because you would have had a lot of clubs saying, oh, yeah, well, look, we play leagues July and August. We start our league. Like, you must remember, if your league in Cork here, the league normally finishes the first week in May. And then you're kind of going, oh, yeah, we'll be written ready now for the first round, maybe the first last week in July, stick it in between the Cork matches. And then we're all waiting if Cork succeed. So then you're trying to get friendly matches and you're in Johnny up the road, Mikey up the road and this fella and that fella. Whereas now if you have a summer league, you have your programme of matches and your club players are happy. Your county players can play with the county and everybody. To me, it's definitely a no-brainer. I couldn't understand how you'd expect a club player to go out with very little club training, very little matches and start into championship. The National League is finishing, is it the first week in June or the second week in June? No way would clubs have been ready for the first round of the championship at the third week of June. I know my club wouldn't have been ready, you know, and I just thought it was totally unfair on the club player. I actually thought it was more unfair on the club player than the inter-county player. But um, I wasn't one bit surprised at the, the, the vote, Darren. I actually thought option one might even sneak in because I was saying some clubs won't give a fig and they'll just go for it. But... Um, I wasn't surprised that the was so. I wasn't surprised that the uh, margin was so close. I was even expecting it to be closer. It's something that's definitely titles going to be something to chew on over the next few months, and no doubt we'll be just de- dealing with this more again in sports stats come again Tuesday. Geraldine, just before we move on, is there any recourse of action for Drummond Inch or the clubs? Is there any contact with the Camogie Association to try and get them to change their mind about cancelling the twenty twenty AIB Championship? Yeah, I suppose a few the few of the senior clubs have come together and we're putting a proposal to to the Camogie Association. Just look dates that we feel that it could be played and looking at the possibility of you know could it be played. And this is something you know we have put in before the vote because we were conscious that of the two options, one of them uh, didn't have dates for. So we had looked at the option had one that they'd still consider finishing off the 2020, and we put a proposal of dates there. So all we can do is hope and wait and see. Well, we certainly hope so as well. And we'll be talking more about that on Sports Stats Camogie next Tuesday with myself and Killian Whelan. Let's go to the big match. Before that, let's go to the other big match. Division 2, great to have the intermediate sides back. I have to say that as well. Fair enough, I'm from a county that's benefiting from that too. Tipperary against Cork. Uh, Mary, are we missing a trick here with no football on this weekend? Should this game have been played Sunday? Because it's a pity that this match is clashing directly with the Division 1 meeting between the same two counties. Yeah, and again, look, something I suppose I would have wrote a few weeks ago and I suppose people up in the headquarters are probably delighted with me if they're reading what I'm writing, but when the fixture sheet came out again for the league, I looked at it and I went, oh God, here we go again. How stupid. Like, surely but a God, whoever was fixing the fixtures could have fixed the two games for either in Cork or either in Tipperary and gave the mentors, right, I know there's no... Nobody allowed in to see the games and I know things will be tight. But surely, even from a county board perspective, you have the Cork board and the tip board now split. Half the officers here, half the officers there. And I know if the two matches were in, we'd say Castle Road, you could have had one of them at one o'clock and the other one at half past three, four o'clock. They wouldn't have been both meeting together and there'd be no crowds. So, like, I just think it's ridiculous. I, I have no problem with them being the same day. But I just think it's ridiculous planning again. And I think it's bad planning because surely the intermediate mentors might, you know, might want to cast their eye over the senior match. But certainly I would think the senior mentors would want to watch the intermediate players to know. Maybe they could pick up a player or two. Listen, we've seen it happen. How many How many times have we seen? We saw Sarah McCarthy two years ago from Cork. She kind of was picked up playing intermediate. The minor spot, the intermediate spot of her playing minor and picked her up and she became player of the match in that that famous um, Intermediate Division 2 final. Intermediate, was it? What did they call it? Intermediate. In Crow Park. So, look, you'll always want your mentors to keep their eye over. And I'm sure Jar will agree as well. I'm sure Cork would have had no bother if those two matches were in tip or if the two matches were in Cork. And, like, it's just stupid. Like, I mean, I'd love to be, love to be in Parky Keeve on Sunday or Saturday. And I'm going to the rag or inch, but we'd all love to see the two matches from a, a reporting perspective as well. Like it'd be handy to just cast their eye over the players and see who's there. But it, it's pity, like it's just a pity. 
Because, Jerry, even though Bill Milani isn't over the intermediates anymore and Paddy hasn't been over the Cork intermediates in a couple of years as well, Paddy Murray, of course, they still, as Mary said, would, would like to have a look at this game. And I don't understand if there was clashes with football or things like that. But when the, the day is free, mm-hmm. imagine it would have gone to Sunday if it couldn't be um, made a double header in some capacity. Yeah, I suppose it's kind of so used to now. I've kind of given up on it. Um, I I said this for years. I couldn't understand. You know, the Camogie were looking. I know this year is obviously different with COVID, but other years you're looking for crowds at matches. I mean, you know, it's the same people that follow Camogie. It's a lot of the same families. There's often sisters on one panel and on the other panel. And I don't understand why they clash and why they can't be double headers and get a bigger crowd at two of them. You're you're splitting the Tipperary Camogie supporters straight away and the Cork Camogie supporters. But I, I'm assuming it comes down to like obviously competition rules and first name out is home and second one is away and everyone is entitled to one home or two away games or whatever way and it doesn't add up that way but I assume that's what it comes down to but yeah like it doesn't really make sense tipping Cork at two o'clock on Saturday in Cork and tipping Cork at two o'clock on Saturday in in Tipperary it it doesn't make sense and um, yeah And then we have the Harley uh, match. Even, they're hoping to be both streams, but sure, you can't watch two. What I suppose you could sell two screens and two laptops or something. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's definitely something to look at going forward when supporters are allowed back in. But there are two counties that have used their intermediate squads well in recent years, in particular. But obviously, last year both were shut out of the championship. Uh, some had already played the game and some the day beforehand. Mary, for the intermediates this year and for Mark McCarthy, how important is it for the development of players and for their campaign in general? Yeah, well, I suppose Mark last year would have been kind of hoping the last day of the league, they were kind of still within with the shout. I know Chip were actually through, which was devastating for them. But um, Mark was hoping that a result would have went for him. I think it was Westmead and somebody were playing. But it has developed a nice little squad. A lot of them backboned from the two minor teams that would have won All-Irelands. And a nice little group. It was his first year last year and he was really preparing for championship and really, really looking forward to it. And I think this year is probably a very important year for him because it's the year he's going to kind of have a full season with the team. And certainly I was impressed with the work he did with them last year. And as you say, a lot of knew a lot of young players in, a lot of ones that would have come on from the minor team two years previously and last year. So, um, yeah, it's a big year for him and, you know, he's put huge work in and indeed he did as well last year. So I think it is a very big year for him. And it's a great outlet for bringing those younger players through as well. Geraldine, I suppose up until a few years ago, Tipperary was struggling to get that production line working again, but they seem to have got it back in check. Indeed, the Intermediates won the league a couple of years ago. Yeah, um, I was very impressed at the intermediate group for the last couple of years. They won the league in 2019, unlucky to lose out um, in reaching a final in the last few years. But um, Bill Milani and his management team had been over two of them and it was just becoming impossible with the fixtures clashing and, you know, there was games up in Derry in a game in Galway at the same time. And I suppose it wasn't fair on either group not to have um, full, you know, focus of the management. And uh, So this year it was decided that a separate new management for the intermediate team. So Keane Tracy is the manager this year. He was former minor manager and he managed Prez Secondary School as well in Turles. He has a great team around him. Then Ailish Maher is selector and then he's matching McGrath, Aaron Wheel and Brian Stakelam all in as selectors and coaches. So I'm excited about this intermediate panel because it's kind of a new, you know, there's some of the players that have been the backbone of the team from the last few years like Sabrina Larkin, Jenny Grace, um, Emma Carey. But there's also new players and just he announced the panel there lately um, for the league and you could see that a lot of the players who were stand-up performances in their clubs last year after getting the call up into the panel like Sir Ruth Butler was very good for Tempmore they won the Junior B County Final Courtney Ryan Captain Clonanti got back to a, a Senior County Final last year so they're all names now on the panel and from an impressive club farm and um, look the time has been short for them to get together and to try and gel and, and form a panel and, tr- and prepare for this game but I think by the end of the league you know they would have really um, developed into a strong unit and I think they'll give the championship a great rattle 
They certainly will, and we look forward to seeing how both teams get on. Two o'clock on Saturday, drum and inch pitch, Tipperary against Cork in Division 2. We talked a lot about it, but it's not the big match for this show. Of course, the big match, as Mary uh, said already, is in Porky Cueve at two o'clock on Saturday. Cork against Tipperary, a game I'm really looking forward to. Mary, it's fair to say these two sides will reflect in 2020 and say what if. Looking at Cork first, and in your report in the Echo 2, the headline that was put on it was Wasteful Cork. They had a, they had Kenny by the scruff, by the throat in one way, and then they let them go. Yeah, and I suppose if you look at that match forever, you kind of say to yourself, "How oh, in the honour of God did they lose it?" It was probably there up to the final puck. I mean, even the line ball at the end, like when we kept going for trying to get the ball over the bar. Maybe Jim O'Connor went over, and she had the right idea. She wanted to keep the ball in play, but they decided against it, and they went for the the juggler, but. Really, I suppose Cork just seemed to lose it. I suppose in the kind of third quarter, they, they just Kilkenny came at them and they just Cork kind of I thought fell back, they came back, pushed back, and they, they, they more or less went into defense. And then they found it very hard to, to get the ball up the field and get scores. And they looked to be getting frustrated as it was going on. But certainly, I suppose, look, Kilkenny will think that they won a great match. Personally, I thought Cork left it behind them, and I think a lot of people afterwards and I suppose again we had controversy at the end of that one with the time with a lot of people saying yeah four minutes announced and next all of a sudden we're looking at 62 up on the world board and your man blows the whistle so like there was I an guess, awful lot of confusion on that occasion as well because I don't think the referees were stopping the clocks and and, R, and RT wire like I'm only working off what I was watching in particular yeah. so correct me if I'm wrong on that too and it did and Paddy wasn't happy afterwards he wasn't happy with the, some decision making as well but also he said too he wasn't happy with his own players that seemed to revert from the original game plan that got them into a good lead yeah he did say that at the end of it and like as I say myself and Linda were sitting together and we were kind of looking at each other saying eh, what's happening here like, don't fix something that's not broken. But they, they just seem... I felt Cork fell back and they just... Kilkenny came at them and they just went back into defence and they seemed to lose the game plan and everything went out the window. And you had even one or two experienced players who looked to me to have panicked a little bit. And a party was right and party was furious after the match. And, like, I, I probably would agree with him that definitely they did go away from the game plan and... The last as a result of it like and frustration then seemed to come into it a little bit and they seemed to panic at the end and I suppose as I say up to the, the last minute it was there for the taking it was the first of a double header, Ger, and of course the second game. Tipperary for the first quarter drew the kitchen sink at Galway, but they didn't make a count on the scoreboard too and ultimately paid for that at the end of the match. Yeah, and I think that's probably Tip's downfall maybe at the moment is maybe not enough firepower up front Um the hard working nation's forwards, great attitude and all that. But I just think we don't have enough free scoring forwards and um, probably over-reliant and caught the van and, you know, and one or two more. And I think we're coming up against the Galways and the Kennys and Corks. We're just not scoring enough. And we started very well against Galway the last time, had a lot of possession. The small things didn't go our way, but like that, you know, when you get your chance up front, you have to take your scores, you know. That's, you know, obviously Galway were going to come back and have their purple patch and all that. But, you know, when we were on top, we didn't get enough scores. And then look, our uh, our backs and, and, and on in the goals, you know, there's only so much pressure they can sustain. And, you know, they kept a lot out for a long time. But, you know, in the end, you know, Galway were the stronger side and can't have any complaints. As you mentioned, there are three points in play in total in that particular game. But as we go into 2021, Tipperary have been in three All-Ireland semi-finals. They've lost to Cork, they've lost to Kilkenny, and they lost to Galway last year as well. There's a question being asked, can they break the glass ceiling? They're certainly getting closer, but can they step up now and get that big result? They've done it in the league, but they haven't done it in championship yet. Yeah, I suppose that's the big question. And I suppose that's what everyone's hoping for. But, you know, I suppose a lot of things have to go right and you don't automatically just because you've been in three semi-finals automatically going to qualify for a final now you know um there's you know the definitely Galway and Kikenny I think are out in front and Cork are, are ahead of us too and but Tip are working and improving they're definitely improving every year I mean I thought last year they were very competitive against Galway in the semi-final while the year before they never really looked like beating uh Kenny or even Cork the year before that so the, the gap is bridging and bridging every year and I just hope my fear is that we're getting closer, but then some of our players then are getting older or whatnot and management might change and move on. It just, it feels like we're so close, but still, um, 
still need a big push and still need a lot of things to go our way. I think there's a couple of players now that really, you know, the likes of Claude McIntyre started a few games last year, a young player. Another year in the panel is going to bring her on. We didn't see much of Grace O'Toole last year, but the year before I was very impressed with her. Same with Casey Hennessy a few years ago. Just kind of had injuries and lost a bit of form. And if all of them come good again for us this year, like Karen Blair, Shauna Quirk, all got game time last year and just need a bit more game time into him, get a bit more experience. This thing we need to find a couple of more players and settle on our centre back and our midfield pair and, and and our spine of our team and then just slot in a couple of more players and really drive it on. I'm going to talk about um, positions in a moment. Mary, just taking the point about finding players, like I've said last year on numerous podcasts, if Cork uh, couldn't buy any luck last year between the injuries that they had. And of course, this year now, Cork are going in without Pamela Mackey. Gemma O'Connor has retired. Is there any further updates in the Cork panel that we expect this year? Well, Julia White is another one who um, has retired, so she won't be there. And of course, Orla Cotter, who went to America two years ago, well, last year, they did expect that she would be back, but she's not back. So I suppose we could really, I suppose, all but say she's retired as well. But certainly, you know, there's a lot, again, of younger players. And I suppose Paddy last year tried to bring those into the field or into the, into the team and gave them game time. And we had several of them from that those two famous minor teams that did so, so well. And, uh, you know, we've had uh, the likes of Saoirse McCarthy, who was very, very impressive for Corsi Rovers through the county championship. She'd be one player who would be certainly there or thereabouts for the coming year. And uh, like uh, plenty of players who, I suppose, we, we again, Cork would probably backbone the team on the... Um, the older ones, the more reliable, I suppose. Katharina Mackey is another, um, Pamela's retired, but Katharina is still playing. So she'll be one of the ones, I suppose, Laura Tracy. And, you know, the team will be built around them because you'll have Amy O'Connor last year's captain as well. Amy Lee, who took over and goal last year. And I suppose big boots to fill there last year. But she she did extremely well in her first year. Of course, we had Laura Hayes, another player came in, and Linda Collins, the captain this year young player from Corsi Rovers, but, you know, in her third or fourth season, she certainly, when Izzy O'Regan came into the team last year, did well. You have Fiona Keating from Corsi's. She'll be there or thereabouts. And then you have a lot of new faces again, um, like Emma Murphy from my own club, Glen Rovers, her second year in the panel, Ellen Murphy, Sars, Tina Healy, Ahabolo, Kiro Sullivan, Newsystown, you know, and they'll be joining up, as I said, with some of the um, the more senior players, like Hannah Looney, of course, Libby Coppinger, Maeve Callan, they're still all there. So, um, yeah, nice blend of youth and experience. Of course, Ashley Thompson's still there as well, Chloe Sigerson. We have Ashley Efo O'Neill then from St. Finbars again on the panel since last year, and Ashley Egan. They're all new. And, and we have actually Isabel Sheehan, who would be a niece of Lynn and Stephanie Dunley. You'll know those names, Chair Costs, I think, Darren. You'll remember those names. And um, a lot of people in Galway remember those names. So, yeah, so she's after joining the panel this year as well. So a nice blend then of youth and experience. And I suppose the big one that Gemma would be missing, like is Gemma will be a huge loss. But look, I suppose there comes a day when everybody has to hang up the boots and can't fault Gemma. She gave wonderful service. And while it's sad to see her go, I, I feel the time was right for Gemma to make the call. And I think she went at the right time for herself be a great yeah. legend too. As we talk about Geraldine there, the players of Cork are missing and, and Mary's given us a few that are still there and a formidable side it will be too. Tipperary players are getting well known and we'll talk about a few of the key players from 2020 in a moment but I suppose there's two names that are going to attract an awful lot of interest this year in regards to their stats, their availability, when they play and the impact they could have in Camogie and of course I'm talking about Ashley Maloney and Orlo Dwyer. What can you update us on regards where will they be involved in Camogie this year and when do you reckon that could happen? Yeah, so I suppose from what I know, um, I had read somewhere that Ashley was hoping to play this year and to give the jewel a run again, but I believe she's not in with the Camogie panel at the moment. I don't know, is that permanently uh, permanently that she's not going to be in it or what? But it, it looks like she's not going she's not playing Camogie this year. She hasn't been back training anyway so far. And I don't think they expect it back anyway. So that's unfortunate because, um, you know, Ashley's a great player. Um, obviously, she plays for a club. And, you know, she with, with the year was last year with COVID, she decided to play uh, 
inter-county as well and you know I suppose we saw 40 minutes of what she was capable of in the first game against Clare and unfortunately got sent off and then was suspended after that so and then got injured so I was looking forward to seeing her this year and the addition she'd make to the panel but it doesn't look like we will see her like she got a serious enough injury last year and maybe that's the reason I'm not sure but it doesn't look like she's playing Camogie uh, Orla then is still in in Australia at the moment after her great success there with the Brisbane Lions but her plan and her intention is to is to come home uh, she probably won't get any league I think she's won't be home till the end of the month is the plan and yeah she's looking forward to getting back and playing Camogie and ladies football with tip anyway for 2021 and Orla Dwyer entertained us during the lockdown as well and it was tremendous to see what she achieved with the Brisbane Lions let's look at the two teams and what we can expect and of course I do know this is the first day of the league it's five six months actually it's six months in the case of these two teams since they last played a competitive match so no doubt the team I go talking about so you, you'll, you can correct me if I'm if I'm that wrong with them it will be completely different to what actually plays in Porky Cueve on Saturday Jerry and I'll go with yourself first let's talk about the two goals Keepers. Mary mentioned Amy Lee, who had a fantastic season stepping into Eva Murray's boots in Cork, was always going to be a massive step up. But Anya Slattery, in a year full of great young goalkeepers around the country, captured everyone's hearts in every single team. Yeah, she was brilliant last year. It was amazing, really. Her first year starting on the team and only a young goalkeeper and to pick up an all star. Um, I think she just made the most memorable saves last year, some point blank saves. And um, I think she was really fully deserving of our all star and but there's going to be great competition for the goals again because Quiva Burke from my own club Drummond Inch she was the number one goalie the year before and she was nominated for an all star so there's super competition between the two goalies and it's great for Tip to have two top class goalies at the moment but yeah Anya was fantastic and I suppose everyone in Tip would be hoping that she carries that form into this year again and you know it was a great boost for the county for Anya to win an all star. Every county craves two great goalkeepers. Mary, of course, for the last couple of decades, we won the best goalkeepers ever to play the game in Aoife Murray playing for Cork. But Amy Lee, as you mentioned earlier on, did step up to the place and prove that she can hold her own in that key position. Yes, she did. And, you know, I was very impressed with her last year. It was a hard, far hard coming in. And as you say, filling those boots of Aoife Murray, not an easy thing for anybody to do. But she certainly did. And, you know, she was confident. She was good and like big, big day, whether there's 10 in Parky Keeve or whether there's nobody in Parky Keeve. It's a big, big ordeal to go into a big stadium like that. And games were being televised and they were being live streamed and there was there was a certain buzz and excitement. But she really now did settled in well. She was confident, you know, and made a couple of very, very good saves. And her puckles, you know, there's something that I thought were very, you know, they were good. They were long. She was finding her player and she she just had a great confidence about her. And I was absolutely thrilled with her. And um, Molly Lynch is the sub goalie. She'd be, she's a young player from Sarsfields. Um, she's the second goalie on the team. Now, I don't know what the team is, but I would presume Amy will be continuing in goal. And Molly is probably the understudy, but I would, knowing Paddy, like I know Paddy, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me to see Molly Lynch playing either because Paddy did that last year in the league, I think. He started Amy in, or the year before last, when Aoife was in her last year, he started Amy in a lot of the league matches. So maybe it's a chance for him to bring in the young goalie and see what she's made of. But yeah, Cork, as I say, good, uh, two good, two good ladies there, and certainly uh, uh, there'd be competition for the spot. I'd say as well. And that's exactly what they'll be aiming for as well. Mary, defensively, I was very impressed with the Cork half-back line in general last year. Hannah Looney and Laura Hayes playing in the wings. We'll probably expect Laura Hayes to resume a wing-back role anyway. Hannah Looney might have a bit of versatility, but I suppose, who will Paddy be trying to... He'll be no doubt he'll be using the league to look at a championship centre-back. Who do you think is in contention for that? Well, I mean, if I was picking the Cork team, the person I'd have centre-back would be Laura Tracy because I think she's a fantastic player. She can read the game. She's stylish. She's tough. And like, sometimes I think if you're playing full back, sometimes like you mightn't touch the ball. The ball mightn't come in 20 times. It mightn't come in 10 times. And I think, you know, you probably need, like you need one of your best hurlers in your halfback lane. I always think if you're halfback, if you're centre back, it's a pivotal role. And like, I always think, your best defenders would probably be your half-back. And to me, if I was picking that Cork team, I would put Laura Tracy in centre-back. She'd be my centre-back anyway, but she probably won't be body. <laughs> <laughs> 
We're going to find out soon enough if Paddy yeah. Murray's listening to this podcast or not. Paddy would probably say that one's that one's all for game up there. Geraldine, Ger- one great leader Tipperary have had for bridging the gap back to the All Ireland winning teams, of course, is Mary Ryan. Got a long overdue All Star last year as well, and no doubt she'll be looking to drive on this Tipperary resurgence in twenty twenty one. Yeah, I was pretty delighted to see that Mary is uh, committing to another year. Um, sure, look, she had probably one of her best years last year picking up an all-star, but she's so consistent for a tip. And like she's just a lovely stylish hurler anyway and really skillful, but she's so clever on the ball, like in the back line there, um, always looking up, picking out the right pass, picking up the play. And anytime we struggled in a position, she's filled it for us, you know, some years we needed her out midfield, she played midfield, other years we needed her centre-back, she played centre-back. And then last year, look, we needed someone full-back and there was Mary, you know, in full-back and picking up an all-star. So um, it was, she had a fantastic year again last year and I'd say they'll continue with her at full-back and I think she'll grow into that position even more this year. Versatility around the middle third is very important, Geraldine. Karen Kennedy is one person that brings that too. Eva McGrath, another key defensive style player for the side too. And I'm just looking at the team that played against Galway last year. There's a lot of mobility there, but even as we talked with Mary about centre-back and a few other key positions, is there any one particular player that you think should be nailed in a particular position for the Tipperary team around that section? Yeah, this is a funny one. I was kind of thinking about it even before um, for tonight. Like Karen picked up an all-star at centre-back, but yet against Galway in the All-Ireland semi-final, she started midfield. Against Waterford, she started centre-back and then went out midfield and created a mid and scored that goal. And I suppose Karen is probably our best player at the moment and she's centre-back or she's midfield. She's she's probably the best midfielder or the best centre-back. So because I'm a bit of a traditionalist, maybe I'd love you know, to pick a centre-back and go with that centre-back for the year and pick two midfielders. But as tip and I suppose a lot of teams hurling and everything, they kind of pick the team maybe depending on the opposition. And I don't know if positions mean as much anymore. And and especially in the six-backs, players are given a job. Mark this person, you mark that person. And it's why I see with tip hurling, especially when you're watching there's on the telly, you're like, where is Rona Maher playing? Where is, is he full-back, centre-back, wing-back? They just seem to be given a role at six backs and pick up certain six forwards. And you kind of have to be versatile and be able to play in every position. And Aoife McGrath is one of those very versatile players. She's an excellent centre-back um, with the club, but she's also played wing-back with the club, wing-back with the county, corner-back, done a man-marking job. Again, I'd, probably, I'd love to see Karen midfield because I think she adds to the attack, which, which we need to work on in attacking and creating more scores. And with Karen at midfield, that can happen a bit better, but who who centre back who should be centre back then is the question. Probably Aoife McGrath, I think, was probably the best centre back after that. Maybe Neve Tracy. I haven't seen enough for there at centre back, but she's played a bit there as well and is very good there too. And even Neve as well was midfield last year. I suppose Mary, one person that will be playing midfield for Cork, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what season she has as Ashley Thompson. A few more games under her belt last year and would have even been sharper, and she still was very influential. She was usually influential, and I suppose again, she's your ideal midfielder, isn't she? She she covers off, she drops back, and then all of a sudden she surges forward, and like super fit. And as you say, a few more games uh, under her belt last year would have probably been a help to her. But yeah, definitely as for like she would be my midfielder. As for a partner for her, like Cork probably have a few options here, like. Chloe Sigerson is one who certainly could play midfield. Then you have the likes of Hannah Looney, as you said earlier, could end up anywhere. Huge engine on her, back forward, moving all over the place. Libby Coppinger, again, is one who has played there for Cork um, in the past. And like I, I suppose Paddy has options. And like Jor has said, a lot of times you see the 15, but should they don't play in the positions? And she's right about the hurling. I, I only was watching it there last week, the hurling match myself. Like, and at one stage, I kind of went... What's Patrick Horgan doing back up there in the court back line? Because they seem to be all rotating and moving, you know? And I think it's the same in Camogie. I think this seems to be happening a lot now, you know? But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Ashling. I suppose she's one of the elder lemons on the team now and uh, usually experienced and I suppose the ideal midfielder, lovely hurler, beautiful, beautiful striker of the ball as well. But uh, I suppose against Kilkenny, she had two or three shots just on goal that just fell short that day. You could see the annoyance in her, in her, even in herself, that she wasn't to be getting more out of the position that she had. I think maybe the year before she the, she would have been playing more to the, the plan. But I think Ashley Thompson is a player that if I was Paddy, I'd let her play her own game. Because I think sometimes you have players and 
their natural ability. Sometimes I think the plan hinders a player. It's grand to have a plan, but if the plan doesn't suit the player, and I think Ashling is a, a free spirit, and I think that's the role I'd give her. Free spirit, do what you like. Go out and drive your team on. And no doubt she will as well. And three other uh, free spirits up in the attack, mainly those sometimes that come back to midfield, and not including Chloe in this one for the moment, are Katrina Mackey, Amy O'Connor and Orla Cronin. Three players are going to be key if Cork are going to get back to Crow Park this year. Yeah, and I suppose Orla Cronin the last two years has really, really blossomed. I think she was player, she was player of the match, I think, uh, two years ago in the final. Or was it three years ago? Two years ago, wasn't it? Cork won it in 19. It was three years ago, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, Orla Cronin to me is one who's really taken on the mantle in the last couple of years, really blossomed, really coming to her own on the panel. Um, uh, and she will be a key player, as will Katrina Mackey. I don't think Katrina Mackey has ever, ever played a bad game for Cork. She's always a go, the one who'll go for it and not afraid to take on the defence. And like, she's beautiful style, beautiful, good hurler. And she, she like, if she gets the ball and busts away from me, she is hard to catch. Amy, Amy O'Connor, I think last year, Amy probably wasn't one of Amy's better years. I would have thought maybe the captaincy was a big thing on her shoulders. And I'm looking forward to seeing Amy Stronger and better even this year because, again, a beautiful player. Bust to speed again. Goal getter. Definitely a goal getter. But sometimes I think you you carry a lot of responsibility when you have the role of captain. And she had a lot of responsibility last year. But she's a player, like, she clicks and gets away from you like she's gone. If only one thing on her mind, and that's goal. And, like, they're three good forwards. I mean, they're three forwards you want in any team. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of young ones there putting their hands up as well. You've, as I say, Sarah McCarthy, Linda Collins, the captain, who is one of my favourite, favourite players because I spotted her as a 16, 17 year old. And I can remember saying to Paddy, there's a young one in courses, you want to keep your eye on her. I can always remember meeting him one evening and tipping him the nod and saying, you want to have a look at this one? Because I think she's a lovely, lovely player. And then you have Fiona Keating, another one that's kind of, she played football as well last year, but she's concentrating on Camogie totally this year. So Izzy O'Regan last year got a run in the, I think she came out of the championship, if my memory serves me right. So like all these young ones are there or thereabout and they're going to be pushing the legs of Orla and Mackie and Amy. And obviously these, the three, the, 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 those three will lead the attack. And I suppose we can expect to see a couple of those younger ones in there with them. Or the four, I should say, because I would include Linda Collins in that. Because Linda, to me, Linda, Orla, Katrina and Amy will be four of the six forwards. Um, and I would think we probably see one or two of the younger ones. You could see oh, Chloe Sigerson in the forward line. You don't know. like uh, see Chloe Sigerson anywhere. <laughs> like she's one and she can play anywhere. Geraldine, on the other side as well, of course, Roisin Howard, we know what she can do. And of course, Cot Devan, we all feel here in Sportstash, she should have got an all-star last year. One person that we're all, even non-tipperary people, are hoping can be clear for the year. And I hope she's de- definitely well involved with Sarah Friday. Great to see her back when we in semi-final last year. But of course, it's had a cruel run of luck regards injuries. Indeed, we shared commentary boxes with her. I was probably as surprised as anyone to hear she was started last year and it was just a testament of to the player that she got back mm-hmm. after that horrible cruciate injury last January and you know to get back training and back in contention and to get to start an All-Ireland semi-final just shows you know what the ability she has and how well she was going in training so that's a player that definitely um, hopefully stay injury free and we get a full season into her that um, I think she's going to really add to the tip forwards because like I said I think we do need to find one or two more forwards and she's physical she's strong but she has a great burst of pace as well and I'd love to see her in the inside forward line even in the two two man inside forward line and you know getting the ball and taking on the player Um, because I, I, I think you know you look like Galway Kilkenny Cork they always have Mary mentioned Laura Tracy physical uh, tough tenacious backs and Sometimes you're playing one-on-one with them and I just thought Tip weren't getting enough return. They were, we were battling and going toe-to-toe with him, but we weren't winning primary possession, turning and getting the scores that we needed to keep the scoreboard ticking over, relying too much probably on freeze from caution. So I think Sarah Friday could be an answer inside there. Hopefully we'll have Orla back as well. We missed her against Galway last year. A huge blow for Tip last year, I thought, was Nicole Walsh uh, getting injured against Waterford. The Waterford game, I thought, was one of the best games she has played in, and she's had a long career with Tip. 
and playing from a young age and I suppose she's probably at the age now and just with the experience and just playing with more confidence and nerves and all that is going out the window I think when you get older and um, she, she was probably in super condition fitness wise and everything last year and unfortunately broke her thumb against water from the quarter final and missed out against Galway so that's another player aside from Sarah Friday get in, injury free and um, I think would make a big uh, difference to tip this year and I'd like to see him start against Cork and just to see um, just to see a, the league is kind of a funny one because and from a management point of view, I suppose you want to try out a few players and have a look at a few players, but there's only two games, you know, um, Cork and Waterford, there's relegation. So you really need to be winning your two games too. And well, definitely one of them. And it's going to be, they're, I think they're 50-50 games. So I suppose there's only so much experimenting you can do. Um, you know, you want to try and progress and do well in the league and get and get into a quarterfinal at least. So I think uh, Bill will put out a pretty strong team, definitely an experienced player in every line. And then maybe, you know, a younger player or a new person on the panel, just to give him a bit of experience as well. But I don't think he'll experiment too much. And I think, you know, he'll be trying to win the game. It'll be interesting to see what Bill and Paddy Murray do at the weekend. I won't ask you for predictions. We're near the end of the show. Uh, but I'll ask you what you're hoping to get out of Porky Cueve on Saturday. Mary, I'll start with yourself as the home team. Uh, what will be a good day out for Cork? Bar the results, obviously a win is a thing. But what would you be looking for and consider a good day out for Cork on Saturday? Well, obviously, as you said, the results. I mean, I, I suppose no matter what, like if you play shocking and win, you're happy enough with that. But, you know, I would hope like that party would probably, as you say, you know, these young ones that are coming in, they need experience. Maybe this is what happened last year against Kilkenny. Maybe, you know, coming off the bench, maybe with little experience, you know, maybe give them a bit more game time, give the younger ones a bit more game time, let them settle into the team, maybe give them a chance to play a full match, maybe to give them an hour. Sometimes, you know, if you're a young player you're trying to break into the team, you get 30 minutes, you get 40 minutes and then you're whipped or maybe you're put on with 10 minutes to go. That can be kind of soul destroying and maybe persevere with the younger ones and maybe give like, I'm not saying play 15 rookies, but like if, if he is starting two or three maybe debutants, give them their hour and let's see what they can do. And maybe they'd surprise us and give them a chance to settle into the team. I suppose we all know what the older ones can do and the experienced ones. But while it is important, as Jer said, I suppose, for all the teams to get a result, I think it's more important to, to build a team for the championship. And this is this is the place to do it. And, uh, you know, I'd be hoping to see some of those young ones putting their hand up and staking a place, a claim for a place come championship season, which will be coming Fast and furious, thanks be to God. <laughs> Mary, that's what you're looking for to see some new faces coming through. Geraldine, what will be a good day out for Tipperary by the result? Um, well, definitely, look, we want to be going toe-to-toe with Cork. And I, I suppose other times we've played Cork, we've, we've uh, matched them and, and um, you know, for maybe 40, 45 minutes and then we've fallen away and often, um, you know, Cork totally outscore us in the last quarter. So I just think no matter whatever the result is on Saturday, I'd love it to be a very close game, you know, with two or three points is all. Um, I suppose we can't expect too much either, you know, they've, we've, like you said, haven't played in five, six months and only back a few weeks training and, you know, I, you know, we might be getting a bit overexcited you know, mad for action, but I suppose the players are very little hurling done, so it probably won't be the most glamorous matches. But I, I like, I'd love to see, um, you know, Sarah and Nicole that had injuries last year back on the field. I'd love to see the likes Grace or two. And you know, last year, I suppose, with the content with the shortened season and all that, um, we probably didn't get a chance to see some players maybe that you know we would have liked to see. So I'd like to see some more of the panel get a bit more game time. And you know, if you're going to test out, you know, if you're up to it, we're better to do it than against Cork down in Parky Cueve. But um obviously the, the, it would be great to get a result and you know it'd be a great boost and psychological boost for the team and for the group, you know. Well one thing we certainly know we're going to know more about Cork and Tipperary 2021 after Saturday's games. Two o'clock in Porky Cueve, Camogie Association streaming the game live on their Facebook page. I forgot to mention to our two guests, so whoever wins the game, I hope one of you join us for a few minutes in Sports Stats Camogie uh, next week and gives us the player of the match. But before I let you go, the other two games in Division 1, I know they're not in Cork and Tipperary's group, of course Waterford are in the group. Mary, are we looking at Galway, Kilkenny victories or can Clare or Dublin pull off a shock? Well, I suppose you'd have to kind of be saying you'd have to fancy um, Galway and Kilkenny, wouldn't you? Like, you know, go to teams, I suppose, at the well, at the end of last year. 
Waterford, I suppose, have always promised so much and they've made huge strides. Dublin went back, I think, you know, last year certainly didn't suit them. They seemed to be coming and they had great momentum and then it kind of went belly up in them last year. Uh, I mean, on form, on previous form, you'd have to say Galway and Kilkenny. Although, you know, even though Galway won the All-Ireland, like we were talking earlier about Tip, and like you must remember... Tip really rattled Galway. And when you consider last year, Nicole Walsh, Ashling Maloney, Arena Friday and Orla Dwyer, all missing out of that team. Just think what they might have did if they had the four of them. So maybe we might be in for a shock result. But I suppose on form, last year's form, you'd have to say Galway, Kilkenny to take the wins there. You know, Dublin. Like we don't know what Dublin and Clare have, I suppose, really. Look, maybe they'll surprise us all. We'll find out definitely. Geraldine, I suppose the one the uh, irony of the whole lot is Galway are still the defending league champions, even though Tipperary knocked them out of the 2020 campaign. But uh, same question for yourself. Are Galway, Kenny, your two tips with the other two games? Or uh, do you feel Clare or Dublin can do anything? Um, I think Galway definitely would be clear. Um, I, I just think that gap is too big at the moment. And Galway would be my favourites for the All-Ireland, to be honest, from the outset here, because I thought the All Ireland final was very close. There was very little in it, and and I think there's there'll be one big final push in that Galway team and that management. And I I don't think Clare will will trouble them to be honest at the weekend. And uh, I I I would go for Kilkenny against Dublin too, but I think Dublin. I think I think we'll give Kilkenny a good game. Um, I think there's a new management gone in there. A lot of sources and support being put into that team, and and they're being prepared very well by all accounts. And I do think see a bounce back in that, but. The fact that the lockdown, Kilkenny's celebrations were greatly curbed, so I don't expect any hangover from them from the All-Ireland last year, and I just think Kilkenny will have enough to, to beat Dublin. So go with Kilkenny, the tips there. We look forward to Cork against Tipperary on Saturday in Porky Quay. Before I thank my guest again, just to let you know what else is on Sports Stars this week. Regards Camogie, Cork's Amy O'Connor is our special guest on the Fair Green. That is now available on sportsstars.ie. And also on Sports Stars Camogie this week with myself and Killian Wheel. And we talked to Intercounty referee Ray Kelly. We talked to Brian Brophy from Dublin about underage uh, setup and how everything's affecting them. And we preview Kilkenny against Dublin in Division 1 and Antrim against Down in Division 2. We live the third half from a venue over the weekend and we'll be back next Tuesday with Sports Stars Camogie where we look back at the weekend's action and look ahead to round two of the Littlewoods Ireland's National Camogie Leagues. I'd like to thank my guests again, Mary Newman, Glen Rover Secretary... Kamogi, Harlan PRO and former Cork PRO and a writer for the Evening Echo and Jerkinan, Tipperary FM commentator and presenter of the Kamogi Report on the Tipperary Kamogi YouTube channel. Thank you very much for joining me here on The Big Match. Thank you, Darren. Thanks, Darren.